This episode of Fun Employment Radio is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com slash funemployment and use offer code FUNEMPLOYMENT. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. I don't know. There's a stranger going through your apartment. I right don't like now. it. I don't like it one bit. Right now, this guy could be going through your. You know that I don't like anyone violating my cave. I know, but the fact that, that sounds wrong. But that does sound wrong. <laughs> I mean, but the fact that he's in your apartment right now without you there. I mean, he could be rolling around in your bed. We don't even know. Maybe he's taking a nap in your bed right now. Oh. I mean, it's possible. Well, he doesn't know my schedule, so I mean, I'm going to be there hopefully in like a couple hours, and then I'll be able to see if anything's been Yeah, you, know, you walk in on him take, taking a nap in your bed. Oh, gross, Greg. Well, Come on. I'm already paranoid enough. Don't he, do he's that. He's a repairman. He gets tired. Maybe mm. that's what's going on. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. I am so, it is so fantastic. That you do so. Oops, I almost messed up my whole intro. There. Wow, and you've yeah. been doing this for quite some time now. Quite that's pretty time. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. You should really know how to speak at this pretty point. Pretty awkward. No, no, that's not a requirement of this <laughs> show. Um, but yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, we do want to remind everybody that uh, you can always go to funemploymentradio.com for any of your cyber shopping. <gasps> your cyber needs to go to head to the Fun Employment Radio Cyber Mall. Yes, the Fun Employment Radio Cyber Mall. I am going to create that and then put that on the website. And we, I have to make a Cyber Mall logo. Yes, absolutely. But what kinds of stores are going to be in the Cyber Mall? Well, they're all available right now, Sarah. Oh at my gosh! FunEmploymentRadio.com. Uh, such fantastic places as. Nordstrom's is one of them, actually. <laughs> I'm taking a look at all of them. We have a, a lot of things. So basically, with this, all of our sponsors on the right-hand side, essentially, whatever, you're gonna, whatever shopping you're going to do, if it's going to be through one of these sponsors, just click on their logo first. Mm-hmm. So that's all we ask you to do. Um, there's like Zappos. There's ThinkGeek. Amazon. eBay. The Dollar Shave Club. Oh, my gosh. And the all-important Nordstrom's. All right there <laughs> at FunEmploymentRadio.com. It's all on the right-hand side, so just click on one of those links. Um, you know, of course, Amazon uh, for anything that you're going to be doing, any shopping you're going to be doing online. We greatly mm-hmm. appreciate it. What? I don't like that you freaked me out about that guy in my apartment right now. Okay. Well, we'll okay. We're going to have to get this and cover okay. this uh, of why that's going on. Um, uh, also, coming up, though, on today's show... We're going to be joined by someone I am very excited about. I am a huge fan. Greg of is an enormous fan of this guy. Big fan. And he is just, he is, uh, he has made a difference in the world. Absolutely. This per- he is a very interesting, amazing human being. And that is Bill Carter. So, Bill Carter <clears throat> was the uh, director and creator of Miss Sari Ava. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is, uh, he's done many other things, but just this one I'm going to talk about here really quick. So, Miss Sari Ava was a documentary he made during the breakup of Yugoslavia, basically the Serbian war with Bosnia and Croatia. He was in Bosnia. Uh, he was in Sarajevo mm-hmm. during the bombardment of it, and he lived there, made a documentary about the people in Sarajevo. Wrote a book about his experience called Risked Fools his Rush own in. life to try and help these people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really an incredible story. And uh, if you have never read Fools Rush In, I highly recommend it. I also highly recommend watching Miss Sarajevo. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that. But he's got a new book that he's going to be talking about called Boom Bust Boom, a story about copper, the metal that runs the world. So that is uh, that is one of his. Uh, Which you know very book. well about. You know how it runs like the world of your next door neighbors. 
<laughs> yes, I don't know if it's about meth heads, but I will bring up the fact that, yes, it compromises. But I mean, quite honestly, every day of their lives, you live next door to somebody whose constant quest is to find as much copper as possible. <laughs> I mean, that, it's true. That, that It is very true. That is true. I mean, it might not be from the perspective that he's writing from, so we should <laughs> talk to him about that. I'll try to tie it in. I'll try to get his advice on the meth head. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he'll have any of that. But, uh, but nonetheless, he is going to be joining us here in just a little bit, so very excited about that. We had Bill on a few years ago, and actually, he was on during a show that we had... Knock on wood. Oh, God. Some recording difficulties. Don't say that, so, Greg. No, but, no. So obviously everything's going to go swimmingly and perfectly smooth and fine this time. You bastard. And you just jinxed it. What is wrong with you? I didn't jinx anything. I merely stated a fact that, you know, from the last time. It was still, it was a fantastic interview, but his sound was a little bit off. Mm. And that was because we had some recording difficulties. So it's not and for people who are asking, yep, he's going to be in studio with us yeah, today. he'll be in studio. So, yeah. so he'll be joining us in just a little while on the show. All right. All right. So back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Sarah, uh, which came into the studio today, uh, said that there was an issue going on at her house. This happened first thing this morning. So uh, Greg and I, as we usually do, we meet up uh, before the show for a few hours and go over stuff. And, you know, we have our meetings and stuff. So we were meeting this morning. And so I wanted to get up early because I want to try and get some bike riding in before... Uh, the show, so I could start, you know, the quest to beat you, which of course is right. going to be That's happening. The Fun Employment Radio Bike Challenge. We so I, all I that woke yesterday. up this morning and I'm like, all right, I've got to wake up. I'm like, I'm going to go and wash my face first thing. So I'm just like, I just need to, because that always really helps me wake up. I'm like, I'm just going to go wash my face and then I'm going to, you know, get everything ready and I'm going to go for a bike ride, blah, 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 blah. So I walk into my, um, so, you know, I live in a very tiny studio apartment. So mm-hmm. I walk down the, you know, five foot hallway. Right. To the bathroom. And I have. All the uh, way to, to the uh, south wing or to the, that, south the east wing. Of your Never eat soggy waffles. The northeast wing. The northeast the wing. The northeast wing of my manor. Yes. And uh, so I walk in and I'm just kind of, and I have a little light in there, like a little nightlight thing almost, you know, for it, in the bathroom during the night. And so I went in and I, and I was going to flip on the light and I felt something plop on my arm and on my head simultaneously. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Am I half asleep? Like, I, I must be hallucinating it. But I look and sure enough, my arm is covered in water. I'm like, what? the fuck so i turn on my lights sure enough crack in my bathroom ceiling little droplets of water when i first saw it there were about three or four different spots where there were droplets coming out of water from the ceiling so there's a full-on crack there's a full there's a there's a line there's like a seam that's kind of like a crack seam i don't i've never seen it before however so this is seven o'clock in the morning okay but so there wasn't a crack there before i i don't really spend a lot of time staring at the bathroom right. ceiling but I've never okay. had a leak in there before okay if you recall though if you've listened to the show uh, for many years at the old apartment that I lived in this exact same thing happened to me where I was living in the apartment woke up one morning except for this was in my living room and remember it soaked everything in my living room and got all my right. clothes and everything smelled like mildew because yeah. the upstairs neighbor's toilet had like overflowed or something Ugh. so I'm just like oh god please don't be another overflowing toilet but seven o'clock in the morning and I'm not really sure exactly what you know what I'm supposed to do. Uh-huh. So I'm like, well, I guess I should probably go upstairs and see, you know, what if there's something going on with them with their stuff. Oh, well, see, here's the thing that I would instantly think of if I'm in the bathroom because it's in an apartment building, so probably their bathroom's above you, and there's water dripping down. Probably my first thought would be. 
somebody uh, sat in the bathtub and started a bath, and then something happened to them, and then the bathtub just kept on overflowing till mm-hmm. it's flowing into your apartment. Yes, I'm assuming something happened to the person upstairs. Oh, you're assuming that they are they are the dead. Well, yeah, most yes, likely. hypothetically, speaking. most likely right. they're involved in some kind of secret espionage ring, and somebody uh-huh. came in in the middle of the night. You know, you didn't know it, but now the water's just overflowing, and then they're going to find it, and then like a secret service or somebody's going to be all over your building. Okay. I would assume that's the first thing. That's I would the think. first thing you. It's the most logical. Explanation. Well, I didn't know what to do, so I'm like, it's seven o'clock in the morning. I don't know because, of course, as we've talked about before, I don't know anybody in my apartment building, much less the. Um, the it is the owl humpers that live above me. Okay, explain the owl humpers again. The owl humpers. I, um, do you still have that audio? Maybe. Okay, so Sarah, one day when she came in here, she noted that she could hear some rather loud sounds of possible passion. Of passion coming from Passionate the upstairs, sounds. and uh, it sounded. And I've heard this. Uh, Several times since then, uh, their sounds of passion sound a lot like owls hooting. So I have a little bit of audio that I got from the last time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so those are the upstairs there. So I'm like, well, shit, I don't know them except for their humping sounds. I don't know what I should be doing. Like, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, not a lot of people. A lot of people, my, there aren't a lot of early risers in my building. It seems like a lot of people have, like, you know, later jobs mm-hmm. and such. So I'm like, all right, 7 o'clock in the morning. But I'm afraid because what happened to me last time this happened in my old apartment was that chunks of the ceiling started falling down oh, because all of it, you know, because it's an old building and it's filling with water. So I'm like, all right, this is probably pretty time sensitive. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be. But I'm like, but what if it isn't them? And what if it's just the pipes between their floor and my ceiling and I'm waking them up at 7 o'clock in the morning? I don't know so- what I should do. I know. I know, but I mean, for me, particularly, like, you know, I get nervous talking to people I don't know, plus seven o'clock in the morning. I know you don't like speaking to neighbors. No, it scares me. Yeah. I have a kind of a phobia about it. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, because the water's dripping. It's steadily, but it's already starting to get a little slightly worse in like the 20 minutes I was there. I'm like, oh, shit. So I decided to go upstairs and I knocked on their door. That was my audio. Did you see it? Yeah, that was good. That's good for me right there. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And nobody answered. And I couldn't hear anything inside. So I'm like, all right, I don't know. Again, I'm like, maybe they're the dead or maybe they are just sleeping. And maybe they got drunk and like started a bath and started running it or something. And something happened. I don't know. So anyway, I knocked a few times. Nobody answered. So I'm like, uh-huh. oh, shit, I don't know what to do. So, well, of course, I called my landlord before, and of course, they didn't answer. And I'm like, hey, I just woke up, and it's raining in my bathroom. Can you do something about that? I don't know. Okay, thanks. So then went upstairs, tried to talk to the people about 20 minutes later. So you went up again? Yeah. No, no, no. So, I, no, I went up. So I called my landlord. Then I went upstairs that 20 minutes later, knocked on the door, didn't went back downstairs, called my landlord again. I'm like, hey, because I was a little more awake then. I'm like, hey, so just went to talk to my neighbors upstairs. And uh, water's still raining down through the ceiling. I'm pretty sure you want to do something about that. Um, so I, ha- I have a whole bunch of, like, buckets and bowls set up inside my bathroom to collect all this water. Okay. And to clarify, you did not speak to the neighbors. No. They did not. Okay. No, they did not answer right. the door. I do not know okay, what Okay, so you started setting up buckets. Yeah, so I started setting up buckets. So finally, I called again, and I got somebody who somebody I'd never talked to before. I think it's the secretary or something for my landlord. She's like, oh, hi. Yeah, I just got your messages. I'm like, okay, well, uh, there's rain coming. Or rain. There's water literally coming through my ceiling right now she's like oh is it just like a little bit of dripping or do you think it's like a big deal i'm like i'm pretty sure it's a big deal anytime water is coming through the ceiling it's a big deal 
That's yeah. a big deal. It was. I, I thought it was a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. I will say. I will say that that is something you want to get immediate attention to to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I. So I, I'm talking to her. I'm like, yeah, and she's like, okay. Well, uh, I'm not sure exactly when our maintenance guy's gonna get there. I'm like, all right. Uh, let me just tell you, I've had this happen before, and the longer it waits, the more water piles on top of something that's not meant to hold water, and eventually will probably break through the ceiling. So I'm thinking that you probably want to get this done sooner than later. Yeah. I kind of want to be like, don't want to tell you how to do your job, but it's raining in my fucking bathroom. Yeah. And I have, a, you know, I don't want that to start spreading into other parts of my apartment, because uh-huh. as we've said, it's very small, and there's a fine line between my bathroom and everything else in the apartment. Right. Because it's such a tiny space. From the northeast wing. Yes, yeah. from the northeast wing. So then she's like, all right, well, we have this maintenance guy who we have do all of our stuff, so I'm just like, all right, he has my permission to go in. I'm like, I'm going to be at work. He has my permission to go in and try and deal with the situation. She's like, okay, well, I'm just going to, he's going to come in and fix it. And well, I'm like, okay, I don't know why. So I left, you know, about 930, have not heard anything, don't know what's going on. But I do know that there's a strange man in my apartment trying to fix some leak thing that's happening. Yeah. And it makes me so nervous. Yeah. And you don't know this guy. This I don't know him. just a random repair guy. It's just random repair guy. Right. Well, I mean, he could go in there and be professional and just go to the bathroom. Well, but we've talked about my problems with my landlords before. These are the same landlords that remember the guy moved my scooter in front of a fire hydrant. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had, I, I haven't had problems in a while with them, but I am always living in fear that I did something wrong and that they're going to try and do something about it. Like, there's no way I could have done anything, right? Well, there's water coming through the ceiling. Did you ever, do you take the shower head and point it at the ceiling? No. Okay. Do you, have you ever had a hose in there and like uh, shoved it up into the ceiling tiles or anything? No, I don't have ceiling tiles. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Well, do do you have, uh, have you ever clogged up any of the pipes and then, um, you know, forced, forced it back up like into the, into the ceiling? No. Do you think you could have burst one of the pipes? I didn't burst any of the pipes. I didn't do anything. Hmm. I mean, let's be fair. I'm not using excessive amounts of water anyway. I mean, except for showering. I hadn't, and that was the other thing too. So when I got up at seven this morning, found out my ceiling was leaking, calling the people, trying to get a hold of my probably dead upstairs neighbor. And um, so I'm there, and then I'm just like, fuck. So then after I talked to the girl, I was just like, God damn it. Because it was one of those things where I had been intending on cleaning my dishes, and then I hadn't really gotten around to it. Uh Uh-huh. But it, then it was one of those things, I'm like, there's going to be a stranger inside my apartment. Yeah. I can't not do my goddamn dishes. Oh, no, you have to do that. I had to do the dishes. So it's like 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, fuck. So I'm in my kitchen doing all the dishes, trying to get, make everything look semi-presentable yeah. in my apartment. I can tell you're stressed because I think you've said fuck about uh, 27 times I'm sorry. Times it makes so me far. nervous. I don't like somebody in my space. Yeah. You know I don't like it. Yeah. And he's in there, and like, there's nothing I can do about it because he has to fix it. I have to be at work, so I can't be there. But I did um, take some of my valuables with me to work today. You took your valuables. What? What exactly are your valuables? I'm just, I'm just curious. I brought a couple of my favorite pieces of jewelry that are worth more, you know, than like five dollars. <laughs> I brought all of my monies that I've. That uh, I had in my apartment. That you've squirreled away in your mattress. Mm -hmm. And I also brought my passport. (laughs) (laughs) You brought your passport. I did. I brought. Do you want to see? I brought my little. So I brought an entire bag of stuff. 
These are these are what you are the most concerned with that possibly the repairman could be stealing from you. A bag full of all of my stuff. There's there's like a twenty dollar bill. There's a <laughs> passport. There's some earrings. Some some earrings. Yes, all neatly put into a plastic bag. Yes. That Sarah has brought here to the studio. Yeah, I'd rather have it on me. No, I don't. <laughs> so I was like kind of going through. I'm like, all right, what else? What else would somebody? Because I don't know anything about this person. But no, well, I mean, that's what I mean. He could be in there right now. I mean, what, what do you think that he was? Uh, what What were you most worried about that he would see? Not see, take, take. Like that's oh, what I was trying to think. Steal. I'm like, what would you know? What? So you don't care if he tries stuff on and puts it back. Ew. Well, now I'm spending the entire evening doing all my laundry. <laughs> and by all my laundry, I mean every article of clothing that I own. What if you like get into get into your bed tonight and you're like getting comfortable? You know and what then I... you find like a screwdriver in there or something that he had dropped? Oh, come on. No, There's, I like, did. like a gasket just laying randomly. I in did one do your... one of my old uh, Nancy Drew tricks where I did put um, a couple pieces of hair, like a couple of strands of hair on top of my dresser. Like on top, covering the drawer on the me? top of the dresser. You put how? So that way I can tell if he's opened it. I'm struggling to see. Okay, one. I'm gonna guess that all you did was just like throw the hair on it. No, I placed it. How did you place it? I placed it on top of the dresser and then over the drawer. So if somebody pulls open the drawer, the hair will fall off. Yes, but also any kind of gust of air. There's would no knock gust the hair of air off. in my apartment. There's no fan. All the windows are closed. No, there should I'll tell be no you how you're supposed air. to. I'll tell you how you're supposed to do that. You have to seal it in there and have like a piece of tape on there. So that way, if it opens, it breaks the hair strand. Then you know. What, what are you noting here in the something in the uh, live chat? Rick is pointing out this that uh-oh, uh, John and Boring isn't in the chat. He's in her apartment. This is at <laughs> funemploymentradio.com slash live, where, of course, we broadcast live five days a week here from Portland. And you can go in there if you are a subscriber and join in the chat. So, yes, that is it's being noted. One of our frequent chatters, John and, John and Boring, is not in there. And so, yes, it's entirely possible oh, he could God, be in your John apartment Oh, God, John and Boring's right in my apartment. No, but... Uh, no, and it's being asked if I hide money in my apartment. I do not. I do not. But I just had a couple dollar bills here or there. Yeah, see, even Vicky is noting here in the chat, when he opens the door, it could blow the hair off the dresser. That's what I mean. That's not a very efficient way to do that. Well, now I'm going to have you- to dismantle all of my, because it is uh, all of my, uh, basically, like fire alarm and the CO, like the carbon monoxide poisoning alarm. Yeah. They're both there, but they both do face my bed. Yeah. Or if they could put like a camera in there. Oh, you think he's going to, oh, that's true. There could be cameras Plus, all over this. I've been place. watching a, a lot of Veronica Mars. You know, she's a detective, and I'm afraid you know oh someone's planting little little cameras and bugs all over. Yes, I'm sure that's what it is because it's just like Veronica Mars. Your mm-hmm. life is like Veronica Mars, whatever that show is. I've mm-hmm. seen the name a lot. I don't understand what it is, but uh, yes, I, I'm assuming that's probably what's <gasps> happening. That's the most likely scenario is that he's going to be putting cameras. And in let it. me tell you, so Aaron's saying here's the thing: the person in your apartment is probably a professional plumber that bills at an hourly rate. This is not the case, my friend. He is the friend of the owners who comes in. He's basically this dude. They just kind of. Oh, so you know who it is. No, he's if he is the same guy, because when I was talking to the girl on the phone, she was like, oh, yeah, well, we'll have our resident handyman come in and take a look at it. Oh, so he's not a a professional plumber. He's a resident handyman. Oh, yeah. Do you think he's the guy that lives in the basement? I think he might be. Well, he probably knew about it already. He was just waiting for the call with the cameras. He was probably watching it. 
Do you think maybe the leak happened because he was installing cameras in the ceiling and then they've been there for a while, but somehow he cracked one of the pipes? No, and that's, no it's an old I'm building. The ceilings out, are old plaster. I'm just throwing out ideas, just possibilities. You know, you can't rule anything out at this point as far as what's going on. And, you know, your, your apartment is small. I won't say, uh, you know, clutter is a word that could be used to describe it. You're trying to put a lot of stuff into a small space. It's understandable. It's not Lots cluttered. Okay, maybe not clutter. You have a lot of things in a small area. It's lived in. It's comfortable. It's well, well cared for. It's bohemian. Uh, bohemian? I don't. I'm not I even sure know. exactly what that I means. I don't know what that means uh, either. But there's a lot of places where cameras could be. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying, if you want to consider all possibilities, these are possibilities that uh, this, this could be. This could be the situation. Well, I don't know. Well, hopefully, I, I don't come home to my apartment and they're like that's gushing water everywhere oh dear god gushing water there's wrenches in your bed things like your clothes are placed in different places where you didn't expect them to be and these are all possibilities to consider there's nothing that's a possibility all right now at your apartment right now this is happening god damn it greg It, it could be happening or he's just looking at the ceiling and and assessing what's going on (laughs) <laughs> all right. Well, in all honesty, no, there is nothing you could have done to to cause the pipes to leak. Well, I know. Why were okay. you trying to make me think that there was, you dick? I'm not. I'm not trying to make you think think that there was. I'm just double checking. I'm just my as a landlord myself. Well, my landlords make me nervous because I know that you're a good landlord, but I'm always afraid. I was just trying to think if there's anything that they could say to make it seem like it was my fault. I mean, if there's something you could have done, yes, they would look into that possibility. But there's nothing you can do. With no, this. I went to bed at like 11 last night and there was no rain. There was no water coming out of my ceiling in my bathroom. <laughs> Seven o'clock this morning, there was water coming out of my ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's nothing you could have done. Is to this do that. something that happens to people all the time? How come this has happened to me twice? Uh, what do you mean? Like this happened to me in the last apartment I was in. Well, where my ceiling started leaking, and now this has happened for the second time. Because I'll tell you why. Because you live in old buildings I in love Portland. Old buildings, I know that are you know not the highest end of uh, establishments. I'm not saying you live in a like squalor building. You don't, but they're old buildings. Stuff happens. It just happens. <gasps> oh. Well, someone's asking, so uh, your upstairs neighbor flooded, flooded their bathroom. So get this. So then when I called back the girl again for the fourth time, because I'm like, all right, what time is he going to be here? I don't. When it comes to situations that I deem important, I do not care how many times I pester someone or how many times I have to try and to get a hold of somebody. Like, I will bother them until I feel like the situation's taken care well, of. Well, as you should in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. You should bother them until you get a call. No, so I called her again. Let's call this girl. Her name's, uh, I know her name, but I'll say Cindy. And she was just like, oh, hi. I'm like, hi, it's this Sarah again. This is the uh, secretary? This is the secretary girl. Okay. I try to call her. She's like, oh, well, is it leaking a lot? Because if it's not leaking a lot, I'm like, oh, God, no, it's it's leaking. So I started, and I'm just like, well, do you know anything that happened? Were you able to get a hold of the upstairs? And she's like, you know, I was checking the messages. And after you left those messages, they left me a message last night saying that they had a leak in their bathroom, too, in their ceiling. Which oh, means no. that these landlords have been so neglectful. That the leak not only has been leaking through the people above me's bathroom, it's now seeped down into my bathroom and probably going to make it all the way down. Like what could have been like a couple hundred dollars I'm thinking is starting to be a big problem. Well, I think it would be more than a couple hundred dollars no matter what, but... It's leaking from their ceiling. The upstairs apartment. They didn't is leaking say. She said, theirs. "Oh yeah, your upstairs neighbor said that they were they had a leak in their ceiling too." I'm like, "Oh, that's bad." Yeah, that's really bad. That means there's a lot of water oh, in there. Fuck. 
Yeah, dude. That's seriously that's 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 a pretty big issue. I mean, if it's leaking through two floors, that means it's somewhere up there that beyond their room that you have to find wherever this leak is or it's in the walls. It's uh yeah, actually this is kind of a big deal. Oh, I'm going God, to guess. I don't want to move. That's a pretty major uh Well, you know major, what sucks is that my fix. landlords don't have an emergency number. There was nothing that we could do. Like they called, they called last night talking about the leak. I called this morning. Didn't hear back from anyone until eight thirty this morning. I'm telling you, man, that's a pretty big, big thing. And yeah, it's being noted here in the chat. You know, pipes do just leak, and sometimes, yeah, it could just be a pipe went bad. But the fact that it's um, leaking through two different floors, that means that's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. Shit. That's not just a mild leak. There's something up there is putting out a lot of water well they need to have oh man which me i don't know well we'll have to wait and see i guess what goes on but uh yeah 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 that's that's kind of a big issue because you're seeing little drops of water what that means is there's a lot of water inside the inside the walls or the ceiling in order for that to finally make its way through and start dripping down yours yeah because it looks like it's starting to um to buckle a little it's starting to buckle well, not just a little it's just like a little more it's not so much flat as it, it's a little like where the where the crack is. It was uh, it was a little lower. Yeah, yeah. Your bathroom could be under construction for a little while. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait to find out. I'm not sure. I don't know what. All to right. Tell I'm you. bookmarking my renters' rights right now. Okay. All right. Thank you for putting that in the chat. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing they can say that it has anything to do with you. Um, I mean, it, there's nothing you could have done. Okay. To cause that. No. No, I don't, I don't see any feasible possibility of there any, there's anything that you could do. But you still have to deal with the fact that they're going to have to fix it. And what happens with that, well, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right. Well, I don't know. Well, while you're doing, dealing with that, I'll be uh, downtown this evening um, probably dealing with... Um, <laughs> Thanks, Tony. The plaster what? ceiling will need to be replaced, then they will evict you and raise the rent. That's awesome. Um, well, and it's probably true. true. I part know of that's true. I know the ceiling probably will have to be replaced. Mm. I don't know. I, I, you know, obviously we'll have to see what what goes on with it. But uh, yes, while you're dealing with that, I will be downtown um, working on my at my side job where I'm going to be uh, dealing with some of Portland's um, most upstanding citizens. Oh yes, I didn't even talk about what happened this weekend. Yeah. So, so I work. Uh, I work at. Uh, I'll just say. I mean, I work at the Portland Art Museum, um, about their events side, and I'm. Uh, I kind of I work for the events, and so I just kind of uh, part of it is I, I walk around outside and I just make sure everything's going good for the guests and all that stuff. But as such, it's near some of the some of the parks downtown, and so I can stand there and, and watch through the parks. This was probably there. There were two things that happened this last weekend. That one of them was probably one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen happen, even in Portland. And it was this guy. He was across the street in the park, mm-hmm. and he had a uh, toothbrush. And so he was standing there, talk, like talking to himself, and he kept like checking everything on his coat and his and his bag. And he's just like standing there in one spot and talking to himself. And then he'd say stuff to people that were walking by, blah, 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 blah. and then just like frantically checking himself, and then dumping out his bag, and then filling, putting his bag back in, and then dumping it out again. And I, I was watching for a minute. I'm like, okay, all right. Oh, you're. so you're watching the you're watching the crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, it was across the street. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bothering anybody. 
Um, just, to, uh, but he was a spectacle of himself, and I, I was fascinated with watching what was going on. And then he started unbuttoning a shirt. Oh, about and to this go, wow, is wow. Uh, this is where I was like, oh no, is he gonna is he gonna start stripping in the park? Because if he is, that that probably will be an issue for at least other people in the park. You, you don't really need a naked guy walking around the <laughs> like, park. Like, I don't mind the stripping so much, but other people well, might be mildly offended I'm by it. I'm saying this could be an issue. And um, then he brought out a toothbrush, and I watched him. So he had his shirt unbuttoned. I'll say this because it's pertinent to the story. Hairy chested man. Oh, okay. Started taking his toothbrush. Good thick thatch of Tom Selleck's chest hair. Scrubbing his chest with the toothbrush, <laughs> like scrubbing it, like he was like, and and almost to the point where he was like brushing it, brushing his chest hair with his toothbrush. And I'm watching, <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know. And there were, there were some other guests that were coming into the to there too, and everybody kind of noticed, like, well, all right, okay, that's that's going on over there, whatever, not bothering anybody. And he's brushing it, and then he takes the toothbrush. Oh no 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 no! Raises it up. And starts brushing his teeth. Started brushing his teeth with this toothbrush and took it out, brought it back down to the chest and started brushing again. He went back and forth between brushing his chest hair and his teeth with this thing several times. Now, was there toothbrush? Was he like... So, no. Just, the, a toothpaste, okay. you mean? No, a toothpaste. No, yeah, there me. was no toothpaste. Just a, just a toothbrush he pulled out of his bag and then switched back and forth between brushing his chest hair and brushing his teeth. Back and forth. And at that point, I was, I was like, well, I'm, all right, I guess he's you know, making sure he's clean all around, I suppose. Um, however, it went from that to he started looking at his chest more and then started, like, using his hands and, and like, pinching at different parts on his chest and began to rip out chunks of his chest hair. Oh, my God, Greg. Now, it didn't look like he was hurting. He didn't look like he was hurting. He did it until it was like he was, like, uh, pluming himself, like a... Uh, like grooming himself so that it looked in a better, better way, and so this guy was doing that, and uh, and I, I watched. He did that for probably about an hour, hour standing there, and then in between, you know, dumping out his bag and putting his bag back together over and over. How did you know? Would you like go out to like like check I, on things and then see? Yep, yep. Go out and then watch watch it for a while and then go back in. I mean. I don't know what to do in that situation. I mean, you're not going to... There's nobody to call. He didn't. wasn't screaming in pain. He wasn't, like, cutting himself. He was just ripping out his chest hair. So I just kind of went along with it. You know, I'm like, all right, what, whatever you're doing, buddy. You're over there. Not bothering. Um, and then I uh, decided to walk around the other side, and this is when I realized, um, oh, yeah, I, I am going to have to deal with this. Because the problem was it was, like, nice weather out. Yeah. And so... I went over to where the employee entrance is. You know, I was just walking around. I'm getting ready to go in, and I noticed a gentleman was standing there with, um, obviously, uh, he appeared to live on the streets. Okay. He had a couple of big bags of stuff, and he was right by the entrance into the museum, uh, the the employee entrance, and, you know, on the museum property. And so I'm going, I'm, I walk by him, you know, I just kind of take a look, and I'm going in, and I'm just like, hey, um, you know, can I can I help you out with anything? You know, I'm just being very nice. I'm just like, I'm not confrontational, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, like, I was just wondering, you know, can, can I help you out with anything? And that's when this dude went off, and he looked at me. He's like, "You can you fucking help me with anything? Can I fucking help you with anything? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, this is what's happening Oh, now. wow. And, and I was like, uh... 
no, I mean, I, you know, you're just, you're on museum property, so I was just checking, you're by the door. I can stand wherever the fuck I want to, don't you goddamn tell me what to do! Wow. Like, screaming! You have such a future as a crazy old man in the park. Oh yeah, I could totally play this role. your chest with a toothbrush. Well, I could totally, well, this wasn't a toothbrusher, this was a different guy. Oh, different guy, okay. Yeah, this is a different guy. Different different guy altogether. And so, I'm like, oh man. I'm like, no, d- dude, I... I'm just asking because you're standing next to here. You know, I, I wanted to see what was going on. You know, you are on private property and you are screaming at me. So maybe, you know, if you just want to move over to the sidewalk, we're, we'll all be good. I don't fucking care what you... And he went off. He blamed, think of every bad word you could call someone or any connotation with the letter F. Mm-hmm. I was called all of those things. Oh, Anything gotcha. Anything with F, I was, I was called. And... It, <laughs> You know, I for a brief second I was like, um, okay, is this going to uh, is this going to escalate? Like, am I going to have I going to have to fight a fight a homeless dude? Oh like, god! Because I'm like kind of backed into a corner. I'm like, oh god, if he gets aggressive, I I mean, I'm going to have to defend myself or jump up and run, you know. And uh, and he starts. He kept on screaming. He accused me of being. Um, he was like, "You, you're a schnitzer," which that's a very rich family in, in oh, town. Okay, <laughs> they have nothing to do with this at all. But he, in his mind, everybody who tells him what to do, I think, is a is a schnitzer, and that's his for, term for a rich person. Oh, okay, and I'm like, dude. It's like some old timey lingo where like there's one rich family in town. You're like, yeah. oh, what are you? You're a you know Caspian or whatever right, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And. And so I, I replied back to him, just like, um, dude, do I do I look like a schnitzer, man? I, they're not here. I'm just trying to do my job and just asking you. And uh, and so the guy the guy starts screaming and screaming at me, and then uh, finally backs away. And his leaving thing was, oh, what are you? What are you working security? Or what are you? You minimum wage working little bitch. I'm like. <laughs> This is you do such a good, angry, homeless man. Oh, yeah. No, I could totally do it. Yeah. And, well, neither of those things are true, but I was, at that point, I couldn't help it. I just I just started laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. All right, man. Because he moved back onto the sidewalk. I'm like, all right. Good. Yep. Sure thing, buddy. Thanks, buddy. And uh, and walked in. But it's, it's fascinating just seeing this from a firsthand experience downtown of how much especially with the good weather, how much more of this is going to be going on because it just... Warm weather in Portland brings out the crazy in everyone. Everyone. People get excited. People get angry. People get whatever. It brings it all out. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah, so we'll see what happens today. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'll be dealing with. It's always, it's always an adventure. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we take a break? Okay. Because the uh, the phone system wasn't buzzing him up, so we need to... Oh, okay. Because he's never been here before. Okay. All right. Well, before we go to break, uh, I did want to bring up something fantastic about one of our fine sponsors, and that is Squarespace. Yes. So Squarespace is kind of the all-in-one place for you to go to get a website done. They uh, have a million different designs that you can choose from. They have all kinds of different... And classy designs to boot. It's not like they're a bunch of designs that you wouldn't want to use. They're ones that are easily usable, even for people that... Don't know how to put together a website like exactly. myself. <laughs> exactly. They've done all the hard work for you. So that way you can go there. You can, you know, whatever it's for, whether it's for something personal, whether you want to have an online resume, which kind of is what I use mine for. Mm-hmm. You know, my portfolio and different resumes. You can make up all kinds of different pages for specific things. Helps out with applying for jobs. 
immensely. It looks really professional when you have your own website. And it's really easy to make a very nice-looking site all there at squarespace.com. And uh, one of the things that I found you know, pretty interesting with them, um, you know, there's many different things, but if you go to blog.squarespace.com, they've got different information. And they talked about how you know they started off as just like a small company, and now they're growing and growing, and they just got a big investment to where they're going to be expanding their services. And they're kind of becoming the source for small businesses to go to mm-hmm. to set up their website. So if you have a small business, you know, whether even if it's a personal thing like Sarah does her dog painting. Yep, I put up my pictures of dogs and it, it was so easy for me to use and it looks amazing. So And, and you can integrate um, commerce into it. So you can set up a whole store there where people can pay you directly off of this site and it's really, really a lot of fun um, being able to set up that kind of stuff. So Squarespace.com, use the offer code FUNEMPLOYMENT and you get 10% off and, you know, that kind of lets them know that... Uh, you know, you, you heard about them from us, mm-hmm. and you get a deal on it. It's kind of a win-win-win. Yes. So a uh, big thank you to them for, for being one of our sponsors. All right, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back here in just a minute with Bill Carter. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Fun Employment Radio, and that's a uh, the full dot-com scenario. Uh, and you're listening to, well, not at the moment, uh, I'm Reese Darby. Uh, should have said that at the beginning. But after me, uh, you'll be listening to Nibbler and Dylan. Always a good laugh there. Uh, so enjoy them, and I'll see you next time. It makes me so happy. I know it does. <laughs> it puts a I smile imagine, on my face every time. I imagine you sitting at home and playing that liner over and over again. <laughs> Sometimes yourself, when I'm feeling yourself. sad, I just listen to that Reese Darby liner over and over again. <laughs> okay, that, we'll make sure and tell him that next time he's on. Okay, that's uh, not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we are joined now by Mr. Bill Carter. Hello, sir. Hello. Hi, Bill. Nice to be back in Portland. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. To, we were so, just figuring out it's been four years since we had you on last. I know, I know. Was, Hot dog. I know. It hasn't been four years since I've written books. It's just been four years since I've been here. Okay. Yeah. So that was the last time you were in Portland proper? No, actually, I've been here... No, I've been here like twice in the meantime. Oh. Just sorry I didn't drop by. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not holding it against you or anything. Well, um... <laughs> Of course, we you know the last time you were in, we talked about uh, well a number of things. You were talking about your book that you had had come out four years ago, which I don't know how many you've had since then, um, which was Red Summer, right? right. I think Red exactly. Summers, yeah, yeah. And we also talked about Miss Sarajevo mm-hmm. and Fools Rush In, which I am still a huge fan. Of, oh. of your work in that it was fantastic I was talking about it at the beginning of the show just I advocate everybody to watch oh that. Yeah. yeah to watch Thanks. Mystery Able mm. and read Fools Rush In it was, it was an incredible book yeah that book has an amazing uh, life that just kind of keeps going and it's a timeless story so that, I really bet matter. yeah because yeah, yeah. people I bet discover it every day and they're like Didn't, maybe people are hearing about it for the first time right now yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and uh, it's because I mean you know the theater is a, a conflict but the story is love and loss and adventure and so it, it kind of goes on and on you yeah know? so um, new generations and it's kind of amazing you know yeah yeah Cool. That's and, awesome. And you have another book that just came out in uh, late 2013? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, it just came out paperback today. <gasps> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And that's Boom Bust Boom, which is I'm doing a few events here in town related to the the book. So it's exciting. I just won the Arizona New Mexico um, 
nonfiction book of the year. Congratulations. Wow, mm-hmm. Bill. Mm-hmm. It's up for a few other little things like that. So, you know, it's 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 good. So it's you can fun. adorn future copies of it with like, look at all the awards. Yeah, yeah, I got a little sticker <laughs> on it. <you> know. <laughs> so the full thing is Boom Bust Boom, a story about copper, the metal that runs the world. Right. So what exactly is the story about, I guess? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I seem to find myself in these topics that maybe when you actually just stare at the book or hear the topic, you think, oh, Lord, I don't <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe fools rush in, you think it's a war or a red summer, you think, oh, okay, this guy's drunk and on a fishing boat. Yeah. Um, but my style of writing is usually some sort of personal story that takes all of us into a bigger thing we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boom Bust Boom is is basically that. It's a personal story of me Living in my house in Bisbee, Arizona, which is an old mining town. I've been to Bisbee. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. great, uh-huh. great town. Right? It is. It's, it's awesome. like a mini Portland. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, anyways, uh, there was a huge copper mine there, one of the biggest in the world, and it shut down in '75 and it became a very eclectic, artistic retreat where that was hidden really for a long time. Um, we lived there ten years, my wife and I, and I got very sick. After I put in a garden and uh, put in a drip system, I ate the food. I got really ill. My wife was pregnant with our second child, so she wouldn't eat the food. I was very proud of my garden. <laughs> but it, it turns out that uh, once everything was tested, I had high levels of arsenic and lead from the dirt. The mining company had already started to fix all the yards in Bisbee. Uh, they came out, put us in another house for two weeks, and then took all of our soil out, replaced it with all brand new soil, and did some nice little landscaping on the side. Mm-hmm. But now the entire town of Bisbee, over five years, has been redone. Every yard, every school, ev- everything. And they're still at it right now. They're not quite done. They've spent about $60 million. But it made me think, okay, I love this town. I love my house. I love all my friends. But where do I live? Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, I know there's a open pit mine a half mile away, but I just kind of, we all just kind of accepted it as being a a strange little weird thing that's in our town. It's just kind of, kind of like a quirk. A yeah. quirk and also something that, quite frankly, keeps a lot of people away. Yeah. Because uh, they think, oh boy. But you kind of get used to that. You know, it's like, it's like uh, you know, if you do it enough times, you get used to a lot of things in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my gosh, there's a coal factory right next to my house. So... Anyways, this event made me really think about where do I live? What is what is copper? What is what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And who runs it? And that basically, like all my other work, sent me on a journey that got really involved uh, around the world, and was by far, I mean, so fascinating that I couldn't even. It was so fascinating that I got buried in it. It was just incredible. One, I consider myself a fairly well-traveled, intelligent guy, I had no idea how much copper essentially runs our societies. Mm-hmm. Not like like power-wise, but I mean, meaning not like political power, but like yeah. the current. It, it is what we call civilization. You know, every single thing in, that we're playing with in this room, your computers, your microphones, these wires, they all have copper in them. Mm-hmm. Your cell phones, your car, your the plane you just flew on yesterday, the bus you're going to take today, copper, 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 copper. And... It's kind of hidden, you know, because it's kind of covered by black cable or it's in the walls of your house or in, the, you know, your plumbing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also this amazing metal. Like, it's an incredible, like, magical metal. Yeah. 
but and it is it really is but the problem is getting it is not magical <laughs> yeah uh the process of extracting it from the earth is not and that is where we seem to have a we're starting to have more and more a problem because we're more and more people seven to now we're going to eight billion and we're starting to realize as a educated society that our food and water become quite critical not to be poisoned <laughs> yeah, shockingly <laughs> well yeah. but like maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago wasn't such uh, a thing we were all aware of mm-hmm. and now with gmos or with this and that and this and that it becomes like okay wait a minute wait a minute what are you doing you know near the stream that we all get our water from yeah, yeah people and, are aware yeah and um and most of the things we're talking about the problems that are associated with copper mining are hidden like the you know, arsenic doesn't float around in the air going, hi, I'm arsenic. It's it's extremely, um, you know, hidden in a way that you don't know it's there. But the problem is once a heavy metal gets exposed from the earth and now it's on earth, it never goes away. It'll be there thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So you have a real problem. But anyways, the journey was fascinating. And I have a personal story of a very, uh, the story, like all my stories, is rooted in this concept of what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I own a house here. I, I really, really love this town, and I really, really love all my friends. And But am I going to stay and have my little kids here, or am I going to go? And that kind of becomes the, the, you know, the, the undercurrent story. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. above it is me investigating what, what is this world that we live in, you know, copper-wise. Yeah. And, you know, it's the journey. So, so it started off with that, you realizing this, and then you said you traveled the world. So did you go to different different places, see different copper mines in, like, different yeah. countries and how they do it? Yeah, and, and yeah. whatever we're doing here is whatever we th- – however bad we might think it is, it's, it doesn't even – it's not even on the map compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, we do, in fact, have regulatory committees, and we have very good watchdog private organizations, NRDC or Sierra Club or whoever – so we're 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 fairly involved in keeping these um mitigating the real problems. In other countries, none of those exist. Um but Chile is very sophisticated because Chile has been is the world's biggest producer of copper by far. Okay. It always it has been for 150 years. So they're they're the big player. But because the whole uh economy is based on copper in Chile, they have it down pretty good, and they don't—they know not to destroy themselves. Mm-hmm. So they have a different vibe. But if you go to Africa, um, most of the mines are owned by the Chinese or by the Indian uh, Indian uh, nation, you know, from India. They don't run good shops, uh, whether it's paying people or safety or whatever. It's it's pretty ugly. There's a larger thing going on here, which is in the book, which is China, which is the biggest user of copper because they make all, a lot of our goods. So, you know, it's made somewhere like America or, or extracted, like in America or Chile or Russia or Mexico, and then it's sent on ships to China. They process it, smelter it. It gets into, like, copper form, something like your brake pad or your little chip that goes in your computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, the problem with China is that they are in a weird spot. We all know they're choking to death. I don't know if you've seen the report. So literally, yeah. like, can't breathe. Mm. Yep. Well, that's coming from coal and from everything else they're making. So they're, in a weird way, China's also at the forefront of green technology, out of desperation. Right, trying to figure out the problem's gone too far, Right, how, it, to, it, how to fix it at this point. Exactly. Otherwise, they're going to 
not only lose their citizenship. I mean, the people are going to just just die really early. So, one of the this is going to sound horrible, but one of the benefits of a communist or totalitarian government is that when you make a shift, you can make it fast. Our country is having a really hard time making the shift to green technology because we have businesses, we have a lot of various interest groups, stakeholders that want a piece of pie or don't want it to change or oil or whatever. In China, they're just shifting. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're this going is, to do. This, yeah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and one of the unfortunate side effects is that, of that is they're now – one of the things that pollutes them really bad is smelters. They're really poisonous, you know, belching poison all the time. They're moving those all to Africa. Oh, so they're not really solving it. No, no, no. They're solving it for them. They're solving it for them. Now they're exporting the smelters to Africa. They've also exported about a million people from China to go work the farms in Africa, to work in the mines. So they're kind of, uh, it's really intense. They've gone from about a $6 billion trade exchange with Africa to about $100 billion. Wow. So it's, it's, that's where they're moving to. And they're, they're basically buying the raw materials of Africa. So from one country, they get trees. From another country, they get um, maybe oil. Another country, they get you know, some foods. Another country, they get copper. In, 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 in Africa, it's Zaire and uh, the Congo. Are, that's the copper. That's a, it's called it's a copper belt. Okay. The biggest bu- copper belts in the world are the desert in Chile, uh, that, Zaire, Congo, southern Arizona, um, Mexico too, like Southern Arizona, Northern Sonora, and probably Mongolia is probably going to turn out to be a really big one too. Okay, mm. yeah. So you for this book, you went to some of these mm-hmm. places. Yeah. Uh, how uh, I can't imagine, and you know, I obviously don't want to give away anything in the book, but I can't imagine that was well received in American going over there and being like, "Hey, tell me what you guys are doing with your plant." Yeah, you, uh, uh, mining companies are not; they're not <laughs> forthcoming. Yeah, at, uh, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> not the friendliest. Uh, well, you're right. We dumped this amount into yeah. the soil, and no, they pretty much don't speak to you. Um, it's a little bit like investigating oil. You're not going to get very far with you'll get you might get somewhere with consultants to oil, but you're not going to get very far with oil. Exxon's not going to hey come on in let's have a chat. Yeah, um, you know that's one of their that's one of the things they do best is keep things secret. Yeah, um, I was very very fortunate though to have one conversation one afternoon like a meeting with the lead explorer. So the world's for for Freeport McMoran and Freeport McMoran is the largest copper company in the world. Okay, and they're based in Phoenix, and they basically own all the mines in Arizona. Not all of them, but darn near all of them. And they own a big one in the Congo, and they own a really huge one in uh, Indonesia. Anyways, so this it it was really cool talking to him because he's the lead prospector. Essentially, so he goes out and finds wherever the new copper yeah. mines are going to be. And he's okay. a, he's just a guy. He was probably sixty, thin, really great shape, but he had a really boyish quality of being very excited about finding things, which I really appreciate. Mm. Like you know, he was a kid who grew up with a dad who was a miner uh, in Kindicott, which is the big mine in Utah, and he just loved finding rocks and minerals. And I totally get that. Um, and now he does it on a you know huge corporate scale. Yeah. But he was really interesting because what he said was that, you know, he didn't put in any – he didn't get into like the nitty-gritties. He went into like how they find things. And it's actually kind of fascinating because you think it would be some sort of 
fantastic radar satellite space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like but then again something happens like Malaysia 37 you're like well those are useless yeah uh, we can't you know what I mean so you no know, it's actually kind of an old guy um, flying around a helicopter in Alaska or wherever uh, looking at color looking, looking at, at the color of the river terrain or and rocks and then getting down and, and kind of doing a couple weeks worth of like him and a mule and I mean really it's like old fashioned I wow. mean in a way that sounds fantastic you know <laughs> yeah. what an amazing adventure like you go around and you know like you're almost Indiana Jones of copper yeah I was gonna right. say that sense, sounds perfect for you a little bit of treasure yeah. hunting yeah 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 but um, but there's consequences yeah though. the consequences of, yeah. of the action it's a really tricky I found it, it's a bit of a Hobbes choice it's a really fascinating philosophical uh, story for me to, to, to challenge myself I want all the things that are in front of us. I want a car. I mean, I want a phone. I want a computer. You know, I want to fly. So I'm not saying we need to stop mining or else we really have to go back to a little house in the prairie like really fast. Right. Um, and we're not going backwards. That's not going to happen. So going forward, how do we do this in a way that is both uh, useful? You know, we get the stuff, but we also don't in the meantime – kill ourselves getting it mm-hmm. yeah mitigate some of these risks so. yeah so a lot of this is um the, in the united states a lot of the problems are based on an old law and that old law has never been changed it's called the 1872 mining law act and it was put in place kind of like the homestead act mm-hmm. they wanted people to go out west and you know make money uh build a civilization go build a city and to do that they wanted to give people a chance to really get rich fast so if you mine on federal land, which are a lot of mines are on federal land, you pay $5 an acre. The royalty rate of, of uh, copper or gold mining is to the United States government treasury is zero. So here's an example, which, by the way, is besides Freeport McMoran, which is the largest company in the, wor- in the world for copper, most of the mining companies, most of the bigwigs are um, English, Australian, or South African. So you have like Anglo-American, Rio Tinto, BHB, Bennington. Those companies can come here, and they do, buy some claims from maybe another business or some other people, set up shop, start permitting, start mining. Maybe a 50-year-old, 50-year mine. They will maybe make 20 to 30 billion out of that thing. The amount of money they will pay the United States Treasury is literally zero. Wow. Like, no money. Now, that doesn't mean they're not paying state tax or payroll tax or, you know, there's, there's things. But if you're oil and gas and you want to drill in the United States, it's, uh, or fracking or whatever, it's 8 to 12%. Okay. Now, the, what people are advocating to change the 1872 law is, one, why don't we have an 8 to 12% royalty rate? Yeah, we that, should get yeah. paid a little bit off of that. Well, yeah. that really wouldn't go into the coffers. It would go into the Superfund sites. Sure. Because these sites, are clean up. we're cleaning them up for decades. And that's on us, like every taxpayer. Except for you. <laughs> Except for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the idea would like put that. it in this fund and... Um, <laughs> And uh, you use it for that. And, and then there's also other things you would put into a new law, which is like uh, you can't just – right now the Forest Service and BLM, which is really the deciding – they're the kind of the big agencies who decide this if it's on federal land. They can't say no to mine. The language in the law literally says you can't say no. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. So then it's left to like things like 
the Clean Water Act, endangered species, and that's where uh, environmentalist groups have been focused on. If they can invoke one of those, then they can preserve a land space. But that shouldn't be so desperate. We should be able to say, okay, this place in Arizona or this place in Washington, they've looked at all the things. They think, okay, they want it. That should be a factor. Or they've looked at all these things and said, you know what? It's going to go right into our aquifer of our river. Uh, We don't think that's a good idea. We have a lot of people that live downstream, Mm. and we actually do not want that. Well, in the way that it works, nobody cares. That should be... The only time that that matters is when the EPA gets involved in the Clean Water Act decision and you have a time to comment. But for the most part, it doesn't really matter. So there's a movement to try to change that law. Um, and there's some good examples. There's, you know, I don't know what kind of time we have. But there's a really good example of, um, that kind of is a segue from my last book, Red Summer, of Pebble Mine. Mm-hmm. And there's been some recent developments that are extremely uh, surprising and optimistic. Um, A lot of people have been fighting to stop this mine from ever happening. And quite frankly, I was was very involved in that. And we were all kind of frightened that the power behind the mining companies would would win. Mm. This is a deposit that's worth around half a trillion dollars. Wow. It's one of the biggest in the world. It would probably be one of the largest mines in the world. So to stop that kind of money is, is very difficult. And this is Anglo-American, one of the biggest companies, uh, English company. And it worked. Um, a lot of things happened that made that mine be stopped. It's not over, over yet, it's, but it's, it's extremely close. The EPA has invoked the Clean Water Act, which is kind of a death sentence for a, a mine. So it might work. And if that works, it's only happened 13 times in the history of the EPA. Um, and usually those examples are quite ridiculous. They even tried to put something down. This was a mine that, I, that we didn't know that we could win, and I, and I think we did, which you could give heart to other people. There's a way. And the way it worked is there was a great coalition, an amazing coalition, between people who don't actually ever like each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fishermen, native tribes, Republicans, Democrats, environmentalists, corporate people they all kind of came together and said we don't want this man it's the largest fishery in the world this is crazy talk and um their voice got loud enough and it became such they became such a pain in the ass um in such a great quantity of numbers that i think it worked Mm -hmm. and it's a good wow it can can work it's just hard you got to really work at it yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. You I know. never thought copper could be that interesting. Now I'm really looking forward to reading yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. You know, just on a little thing that, like, this is the kind of stuff that fascinates mm-hmm. me. If I were to ask you both, what do you think was going on with the Romans? You know, we watch movies. We watch mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, which, which is really, I don't know what the hell that is. I don't oh, Game know. of Thrones? Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones. I, uh, I don't know if that's about Rome or not. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know. It's more like it's. a Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But you yeah. know what I mean? With it's more uh, stabbing and uh, raping and yeah, such. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> um, so you have the Romans, and we think about them kind of in a, a broad picture, and you know, you got Russell Crowe and the Gladiator, <laughs> right? Or, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, three hundred, the Spartans, or that's Greek, but whatever. My point is, what do you think they were doing in this empire? If I ask people, they think, I don't know. You know, they were just getting angry and bigger. <laughs> uh, but no, they were not. What they were doing was getting copper and tin to make bronze and to get 
armor. Yeah. And so when they went to like, if I ask you, the, the really famous battle that was played out in the Gladiator is the Battle of, uh, uh, you know, it's in in Northern Italy. The, no, 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 Tunisia. It's um, oh, uh, uh, with. Uh, the lions Hannibal? and the tigers came out, you know, the in the gladiator Excuse ring. Me, yeah. uh, gosh darn it. Uh, oh, I'm not yeah, even going to no, pretend I'm, to know this. I'm you guys Carthage. go for it. Carthage. Yes. Good man. Thank you. <laughs> okay. no, that, was, that was in the live chat. Somebody's okay. saving us You're right a there. good man. Oh, somebody yeah. just did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, people are actually listening. That's oh, great. yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> like idiots, it's Carthage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carthage. Sorry. Anyways, Carthage, was, there was a massive copper mine, and they wanted it. You know, and the reason they invaded England was because they wanted tin from Wales, which is where tin was really came from, and they wanted copper. So, and then they would trade for oil or, you know, whatever, but it was a really big part of these empires was getting copper. The Romans also set up Cyprus as a copper. Cyprus means copper Mm. in Latin. So that became, that mine in in, uh, Cyprus was a mine that has been in play for 4,000 years. Still being used. Yeah. Wow. And same with Rio Tinto in Spain, uh, 4,000 years, which was also set up by the Romans. So, you know, this is not some sort of new thing with your computer mm-hmm. or your plane. Uh, it's it's a very old base of society. And it's been around for, we've been mining it for about 10,000 years. Uh, Egyptians had a huge copper empire. King David did. King Solomon's mines are not gold. They're copper. So it's interesting, you know. It's, it's, wow. Yeah. You know. What an important part of it. Yeah. On the uh, completely opposite end of the spectrum, the reason that we know about copper so much is because... <laughs> well, yeah, have, on my personal... Because of Greg's personal, personal anecdotes. So do you by any chance in, in the lovely town that you live in have people who might be involved with methamphetamines? Do yes, you, we, have have a, we, have, we have a Breaking Bad uh, set up in our... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, everybody does, right? Yeah, Greg I've got one right next door to my house. Yeah. I share a fence with them. Mm-hmm. Which, um, during the summers, they will burn the rubber off of copper wires oh, in yeah. an open fire pit in yeah. their backyard. That's right. Yeah, but it's interesting to tie it from the Romans all the way to my meth-head neighbors now. <laughs> yeah, but, it's a, a, but that's a, a big part of it. I mean, yeah. the FBI has figured there's around $10 billion worth of uh, copper theft. Now, it's not the theft of copper. If I, if I take that... Whatever that is. The board. The, the mixer. The, the mixer. Yeah. And I strip it down for your copper because I want some scrap metal to get more meth. I'm going to get like $9 of copper out of there. Yeah. But you have to buy a new mixing board because you can't. It's yep. too ridiculous. Yeah. It's like fixing a washing machine, right? Mm-hmm. So that's. You've tried to do that, that too. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what the $10 billion figure is. is, is the, the Replacing the. Yeah. And so you have, like in South Africa, there was a famous case of. Uh, these are really organized gangs. They're not. They're not the meth head guy, but they're taking thirty miles of railroad track. Wow! Dang. Just lifting it up. It's just gone. Or entire in this country, entire like a hundred miles of telephone wire. You know. So it's a. It's a. Scrap metal is a big part of the game, also in the copper market, which is a more. It's a broader conversation, but it's it's kind of fascinating because it's a, it's a hidden part of it. Yeah. Whether it's meth heads or really really syndicated gangs, especially in the two thousand eight downturn. Places like Phoenix or Las Vegas, you had entire st- uh, neighborhoods or estates that had gone belly up. There's no one living there. Well, you know what? They're all gutted. Yeah. Uh, not by freaks that are like trying to burn it in the backyard, but by really sophisticated gangs that are, or well, gangs maybe the wrong word, but criminal groups. Organizations, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That know what they're doing. There was, um, I was actually, uh, there was a Vice TV 
which I'm not sure if you're familiar oh, with. Oh, yeah, Rodman yeah. going to Korea and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, well, there was a, they did a one on scrap metal and on that, and talking about Detroit, they focused on Detroit and then these Chinese and people that would come over here and buy it. And they'll just go from scrapyard yeah, yeah. to scrapyard and, and cherry pick everything out of it. But a lot of it comes from people stripping these old warehouses mm-hmm. in Detroit and like going in there and finding it and them battling each other. Because they're fighting each other over these whole turf wars of abandoned buildings. It's yeah. fascinating wow. thing. Yeah. And all this is happening, you know, just the underbelly. Under, yeah, it's nobody, underbelly. nobody sees it. it. Yeah, it's, nobody knows what's going on, but it's like a giant war happening. It is. And over if you scrap go to, metal. I went to a scrap yards. It was, it was a, it's incredible what goes on there. Uh, and, you know, everybody is supposed to I check your ID for copper because they're mm-hmm. trying to stop. But, you know, the guy, mm-hmm. the guy who's taking it he doesn't he's you know he's just trying to make a living so mm-hmm. he's not going through all that crap so but it's you know if i were to also ask you who's the biggest exporter of, of scrap in the world i would guess maybe us you got it yeah <laughs> because we use all everything and we, yeah. we use it once mm-hmm. uh china's the biggest importer of scrap because they're obviously the biggest producer of, of goods so you know we are sh- constantly exporting absolutely massive cargo ships of pressed scrap and then looking for our Apple computer on the way home. I mean, coming yeah. back. You know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> oh, that's uh, bizarre. Yeah. It is, a, it is bizarre. If you take, like, for instance, like smelting thing I was talking about, because they really belch out poison. There's only a couple of smelters left in the United States. Full-scale smelters, not small smelters. Uh, smelters. One's in Arizona, which coincidentally is the most polluted city in Arizona. is a place called Hayden, because it's a full-on copper smelter. And there's one in Texas. But Chile... The country that's been doing this for the longest, for the most, the biggest, they don't have any smelters. Yeah, they don't have yeah, any they smelters. Figured that out. Yeah, they, they everything <laughs> comes from Chile into a, a cop, like a almost like a sludge, and it goes into a ship, and all of that goes to Korea, China, Japan. They don't touch it; it's gone. You know, so they figured that out a long time ago. Yeah, there you go, guys. Wow. You deal with that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, huh? That's fast. So this all basically though, this entire book started from you living in Bisbee, finding stuff in your soil. This whole then, this the book starts going off on this. Yeah, my book starts with me planting a garden <laughs> with my kid. Wow! Uh, and then getting sick and going, wait a minute, and then s- discovering my town in a different way, mm-hmm. and how big it was, and how. Uh, Kind of vastly important it was in the in the world. It was a really huge mine, very wealthy, uh, and then kind of taking that and and you know going out and and then going into the who. Let me if I ask if I ask you another question, which is this was fascinating to me. It's a little bit like uh, a PBS show, like a good one. Who do you think for the until the seventies at least who owned copper? Well, I just mentioned big companies, right? But mm-hmm. that's kind of who actually who was the players. Was that the U.S. government? Did they own no. it? Or? No. No, no. Who were the biggest families in this country's history? Oh, Rockefellers. Rockefeller. No. The biggest people? The Guggenheims. Okay. The Guggenheims ran, about, they owned about 75% of the world's copper smelters. They owned mines in Arizona, Mexico, Chile, everywhere. We only know them because of a museum in New York. Right. Uh, and that's a part of the family, of course. But uh, the Guggenheims, J.P. Morgan, um, William Clark was the biggest copper mogul he was from montana uh and and william clark became he's the, he built las vegas he's i mean he literally found las vegas as a water station for his railroads that were going to and from copper uh camps to get to market um clark county's in is yeah, las that makes vegas sense. yeah uh, he also was the reason that 
the 17th Amendment was created in the United States because he bought his way to become a senator in Montana, but not through public voting. So they created the... The, the amendment to make sure that you can vote, not just powerful people vote for you. So, anyways, it's it's a uh, you know it's it's got a lot of history in our country, yeah, in the world actually. And so yeah. you're, I'm just looking at your website now. So you're you have events going on tonight, tomorrow night, and Thursday. Yeah. Do you so do, you, be, do you have the boombuzzboombook.com? Yes. Okay. Slash appearances. That's what right. I'm looking at. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's one tonight. Um, on ten eleven Southwest Twelfth, it's all connected. The Web of Life, Food Webs, and Mining, and right. Earth Day and Faith of Evening. It's really cool. It's like interface. So there's a lot of people from the faith community are having this event just for Earth Day, mm-hmm. and this kind of speaks to the whole concept of coalitions and um, and maybe even a deeper uh, sense of w- what are we doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, religious communities have, in, the, in the last 10 years or 15 have gotten a lot of, to be really uh, blunt, some wingnuts as their speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a large group of people that are based in the, uh, maybe an older tradition that we're shepherds of the earth. And um, I think that's who this is speaking to tonight. How do we um, be responsible human beings mm-hmm. yeah. um, regardless of maybe you know sp- talking about God or someone like that Just yeah. how do we how do we take care of this place we live on and so this tonight's about that and about also how they play a role I mean in, in the, the fight against public mind uh, the religious groups were involved mm-hmm. uh, especially the Greek Orthodox Church who, which has a Russian Orthodox they have a really really um, strong play up in those little villages so it was a you know it, it's it's a really cool event I think to celebrate Earth Day in that tradition and then the next night is yeah WSU in Vancouver yeah and that has to do with all of what we're talking about but also a little more uh, also about the uh, mine that's being explored on uh, outside of Mount Saint Helens okay a copper mine okay so we're going to speak about that and then Thursdays uh, at Powell's on Hawthorne yeah which is so uh, that's in my neighborhood. Yes, it's mm-hmm. here. Yeah, but yeah. Th- it's uh, up that yeah, way. Not very far from yeah, us. Yep, not too far at all. So that's at 7.30 at Powell's on Hawthorne, uh, Thursday, April 24th. That's at 37th and Southeast Hawthorne, right next door to PDX Asylum. Yes, Or next is. to Asylum. I'll yeah. probably, that, you know, it could be reading, but readings sometimes uh, it might as well just be a discussion and Q&A and kind of chit-chat about it, like, kind of like what we're doing, but nice. maybe even better. Oh, how could it be better than this, <laughs> Bill? Impossible. I don't think so. That's an impossibility. <laughs> and so, um, and all these appearances are at boombustboombook.com. Mm-hmm. Right there where everybody can find out where right. you're going to be. And plus, if you're listening in other places, you're going to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Too, so. Yes, yeah. let's find out the yeah. appearances. If you're going to be in France. Oh, no, you're already in France. I was okay. there last that, week. That already happened. That was okay. fantastic, by the way. Yeah? That was great, yeah. yeah. It's got to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. It's really great. <laughs> All right. Congratulations to you. I mean, this is this is fantastic, you know, yeah. what you've been able to do just based on this story and just create this entire thing, and now you're going around talking about it. And yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's It's been a fascinating ride for me in a way that I really could not have imagined. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not something I thought would be interesting, but I guess at the ba- at the core of it is, you know, if it's if you can find something that's such a massive fabric of our lives, it's going to be fascinating. There's going to be drama in there. There's going to be bad stories, good stories. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me, but it, I didn't expect it to be so riveting. Yeah. You know? Oh, I can't wait to hear about what your next adventure is going to be after this one. Yeah, well... Uh, Do you already have an idea in mind? Almost, I, I'm almost. I'm actually to be. Uh, it's a little bit of a. Uh, 
different journey. It's I'm almost done. Um, it's a a novel, so it's a whole different world. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. So it'd be done. You know, I don't know, but it, I don't know when it's going to be out there. But it's it's. It's close to being done. All right. Well, you'll have to let us know. And then oh, you yeah. know, next time you're in Portland, maybe don't ignore us like you did the last <laughs> two times. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> maybe we'll see you in another four years, yeah. Bill Carter. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, Bill, thank you so much for stopping sure. by. Yeah. yeah this, is, uh, this is extremely interesting stuff. Um, boombustboombook.com. Yeah. Where you can find out all the information and, uh, and lots of opportunities to go see you. Yeah. That's so right. everybody yep. go out and check out Bill. Um, yeah, Vancouver on Wednesday, Thursday at Hawthorne, Powell's Books on Hawthorne. And tonight at... Um, at the... Greg, do you have it pulled up? Uh, I've got it. It's, uh, well, 1011 Southwest 12th Avenue. There you go. It's a church. Uh, you, uh, oh, yeah, that's the... Uh, yes, I know exactly what it is. That's um, that's the big church downtown. Oh, the fancy one? Yes. Cool. Uni- Unitarian or... Uh, no? Is that... I think so. Uh, I, maybe it's not. What? I don't it's know. It's not... Yeah. Yeah. But 1011... Southwest 12th Avenue. Yes. There Everybody go. can find it from there. Right. Um, so, yeah. Oh, it's the uh, First Unitarian Church yes. okay. in Elliott Chapel. Right. Yep, that's where it is. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Thanks oh. for having me. All right. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back here in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. All right. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. There we go. All right, here we I are. I was pressing buttons. <laughs> Behind the scene, I pressed the wrong buttons for a minute. Yes, I know. I saw the look of panic on Greg's face as he's like over there jabbing away at buttons. Well, I'm so used to running this board. Like, I don't even have to look at it. I just know where everything is, except for then when I think about it, then I mess things up. That's how everything is. If I think about it too Wait, much, I'll so you knew up. what you were doing, but then you thought about it, and then you didn't know what you were yeah, doing. If I don't think about it, I know ex- I don't even have to look at the board, and I'll have it all set up. You're weird. But if I think about it, then I'll mess myself up because I'll overthink it. All right. You know, I'm overthinking right now is the fact that I have not heard from my landlords. Last time I talked to them was at 830 this morning. He was supposed to go in and look at my house at 10. It's now 215. Oh, they haven't called you at all? No, they haven't called me at all. Oh, boy. That means it could be bad. Shut up. No, that doesn't mean so. They would. They, no well, news is good news, right? Well, the thing is, though, if he's in your place taking a nap, I mean, that makes sense. He probably just he fell asleep for a while. He is not in my place taking a nap. He probably didn't take his shoes off, so he's underneath your in your bed there, like, rubbing up on your sheets and, like, rolling around a little bit with his dirty shoes. I'm going to throw something at your head. <laughs> And then he's what's going to happen though is he'll he'll do that and then he'll leave one of his like wrenches or like his tools there and then he'll have to come back so I'll give him an excuse he'll be like oh hey hey Sarah you know my name's uh uh whatever his name is uh Jed and I was the uh, guy who no if I if, so, if there was a wrench I, in I my bed my wrench here do you mind if I just come in and I, I take a look around for the wrench oh what are you doing I'm hey, photographing anything that? that's out of place and then immediately going to the police. He can't steal my identity, though. I have my passport. Well, with me. you do have your passport and your 20 mm-hmm. bucks. He's not getting that. Yeah. That is for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> I can tell Sarah actually is very nervous about this. So. Oh, God. Tony said that's because your bathtub has fallen into the basement. I don't like you today, Tony. I'm just saying that. You're giving, you're stressing my anxiety out. He's like, oh, nope. They're going to evict you. Oh, your bathtub's fallen through your, your the floor. Find out all that at funemploymentradio.com. <laughs> All right, uh, send us an email. I'm just Fun kidding, employment. Tony. I like you, even though you're a jerk. Funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. Big thank you to Bill Carter. He is uh, he's fantastic. I highly suggest going out to check out one of his events. Mm-hmm. Um, nice guy. Talk to him about anything. Smart. Very smart. He's, li- he's uh, I could I could 
sense that he kind of, kind of smelled the stupid on me. I'm trying to pretend like I know what I'm do- like I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, he just knows it. He's too smart. That is not true. Mm. That is not true. Well, you're the one that said that my mind was like a ping pong ball. Well, no, it just that doesn't mean that you're not smart. That means you're easily distracted. I could throw a shiny object over to the side of the... I could throw a pair of sunglasses down and you would be instantly distracted. Okay, well, you know that sunglasses are my kryptonite. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. You ever want to get Sarah to stop talking about something? Throw a pair of sunglasses somewhere. Sunglasses that Bam. I like. Yep. Oh. oh, even ones you don't like, you will still pay attention to them. And then you'll say, oh, those are ugly sunglasses. You'll comment on them. Sunglasses, that's your weakness. If you were a superhero, that would be your one weakness. It would be. Yeah. It'd I have a new easy. pair of sunglasses. It'd be simple. Coming. Yeah. I am so excited. You're battling Spider Man, he would like throw sunglasses off to the side and be oh, sunglasses, okay. I'll go after those sunglasses. Oh, well, all right. All right. My life would totally be changed if I was wearing those sunglasses. All right, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, and then it's too late. Spider-Man's got you. Um, you just call him Spider-Man. Spider-Man. All right. Uh, yes, thank uh, you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, coming up later on today on the network, well, layering all the time at funemploymentradio.com will be many different uh, shows right here if you're a yes. subscriber, six ninety nine a month. And... Um, mm. Okay, well, no, 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 Harry, no, I'm trying Sarah's to. Sarah's playing me off. Of course, you're playing me off the whole time, and I'm like, okay, but I better hurry up, and then I better rush this through. God, I like to make you panic. No, it's just my computer actually froze, and I wasn't able to stop the music. Oh, that's so what it was. I'm like, oh, that's right. what's going on. Okay, so let's take it off of me. Okay, okay, all right, there we are. But now I don't have anything else to say. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, big thank you once again to Squarespace. Of course, go to squarespace.com slash funemployment where you can sign up for your website. Use the offer code funemployment to get 10% off. Yes. All right. We've got a lot of huge announcements coming up on this show, and we'll be doing them all this week. Seriously, very exciting stuff. Yes, we're we'll all so excited. With more Fun Employment Radio. Back up. Fight, fly, rock. <laughs>